This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Tuesdays with Trey, kind of a holiday edition. I have known our guest this week for over three decades. His younger brother was the first person I met uh, at Baylor, still a friend to this day. We wound up also being fraternity brothers. Our guest this week is his uh, older brother, the oldest of three. He also has South Carolina connections, by the way, as does his wife. Longtime pastor, prolific and successful author, husband, father, and probably the largest bundle of energy that I have ever been around in my life. Ed Young Jr., the pastor of Fellowship Church in the great state of Texas. Pastor, how are you? Welcome. Pastor, I'm doing great, Pastor. And thank you for calling me Pastor. Let me say this Trey Gowdy is the real deal. I've known Trey, as he just said. For three decades. I love him. He and his family, they're they're just phenomenal people. He's the real deal. What you see when you see him publicly, online, television, who he is there is who he is when he's not there. He's the man. I love Trey Gowdy. I want to oh. say that. Go on record. Trey, I want to go on record <laughs> saying that. I'll give you a chance to edit this out before uh before it goes live. You know what I did for fun? I went and read your profile as an incoming freshman at Florida State, basketball player at Florida State. We're not talking about small college basketball. We're talking about Florida State. And here I'm going to read the profile. You know how they have a profile of incoming freshmen? And I'm, I'm going to edit it a little bit. Here's the scouting report. If he's in the gym, he thinks he's in range, <laughs> believes playing defense is a sin. That is that is was that accurate? Oh, that's that's too accurate. It's like that's real right there. That's real talk. Uh, I don't, I'm sure people know it. I mean, you were a really really good basketball player. I mean, we don't think of like I don't think of preachers as being like super college athletes, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say I was a super college athlete. I sat the bench a lot. We had some great athletes who played in front of me. You know, I, I felt pretty good in high school. In high school, I, I kind of reached my peak. And then once I went to Florida State and looked at those guys, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> because uh, I never quite hit that level. But I enjoyed it. I really I really have fond memories of Florida State and, and playing some. And and uh, But my lifetime average there, Trey, was uh, zero. Point seven per game, and I I did start a couple of games though. I did. I will I will say that. But after my sophomore year, that's when I felt a leading to go into the ministry. So gave up the scholarship and everything, and then moved to Houston. Finished up my undergrad, did seminary, and then thirty two years ago we came up to Dallas to help start 
Fellowship Church. So that's my that's my story. All right. I want to – I mean, I think you were born in North Carolina. I know – am I right? Was your father yes, a pastor sir. in North Carolina? Yes, okay. sir. Yeah, dad was pastor, and, and I – from North Carolina, was born in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we lived in a little town called Irwin, North Carolina, and also Canton, North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I love North Carolina. And then I, I know your father had a connection in the upstate of South Carolina and then ultimately in Columbia, South Carolina, which may yes, be, I guess that may be where Ben was born, I guess. Was he? Ben was born when we were in Canton. Ben was born in Waynesville. Okay. Waynesville. North okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, we went, we, we spent some time upstate. Then we uh, lived in Columbia, South Carolina. From there, we moved to Houston. Being a pastor's kid back in the day, you tended to move around a lot. So that's why we were kind of a uh, transient. Which is amazing because when your father went to Second Baptist in Houston, he never left. Uh, he's been oh, there ever since. And you yeah. mentioned you've been in fellowship. You started the church and you're yes. into your third decade. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, 32 years. Right. All right. We're closing in on Christmas. So I'm going to ask you some non-traditional qu- Christmas questions, and then we'll it. get to the obvious. Is there a Christmas sermon you have heard that stood out and you thought, you know, that is different? I, I've just, I've never, never thought of that part of the Christmas story. The one that that comes to mind is I heard someone do a message on the Christmas tree. And this person was talking about the different elements of the tree. And he traced the tree back to the Garden of Eden. He said that was the first Christmas tree. And I'm like, what? And then he talked about how everything pointed because of man's sin to the ultimate Christmas tree, the tree that that Jesus died on. And the Bible calls the cross a tree. And then... There's another tree, Christmas tree, mentioned in heaven where all of us who are believers will, will live and, and will we'll, we'll be fed and somehow nourished in eternity from the tree. So I, I heard that. That was an interesting angle because, you know, Christmas, people will, will probably think this is crazy, but, it, but it's true. The Christmas sermon is the most difficult sermon for any pastor because— People know the story. They've heard this and that. So I would say the Christmas trees. I would say another one I heard on the nativity scene, Trey, was brilliant. This this uh, speaker talked about the different elements of, of the, the manger. He talked about the wise men. He talked about he talked about the shepherds. He talked about the angels. And then he he talked about the star over the Christ child. And his his application was. If you're a Christian, who was your earthbound star that led you to the manger? I thought that was very powerful. And he said, you know, if you're not a believer, maybe someone in this service is your earthbound star. So that 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 stuck with me. A line that dad used, I think, is brilliant about Christmas. He, he always says the story of Christmas is God walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms. I like that. I like, I did a message one time 
And God just gave me this line. I called it cribs. People say, yeah, my crib, my crib, my crib, cribs, a crucial relationship initiated by the Savior. Wow. <laughs> so that's Christmas. Think about that. Yeah. It's crucial. I mean, it's, it's about a relationship, not a religion. It's initiated by God. And it's about the Savior. So we had fun with that. We, you know, I took people on tour of my house. We talked about cribs and then, you know, all that. And Jesus didn't just remain in the crib. He crawled out of the crib, lived a sinless life, died a sacrificial death, rose again. And I, I think I talked about the, the, the wood, the lumber. Obviously, that's how you made a manger. And then Jesus being a carpenter, he was very familiar with, with wood and, and trees and things like that. And then, of course, the cross. And then you have, as I mentioned earlier, in eternity, that 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 tree of life, which I don't know. I think that's interesting. So I'm always trying to find a different angle. But, Trey, I never try to lose the simplicity of the story of the gospel. Because the Bible is complex in many ways. And you're a genius at this. You have the ability, Trey, to take the complex and make it simple. I didn't say shallow, simple. My goal as a preacher is to take many mysterious, there's, there's, there's mystery, mysterious truths, transcendent truths, and to, to, to make them, by God's grace, understandable. I want people to go, okay, I get it. One thing I can apply to my life, maybe someone's struggling with the marriage situation, maybe Someone has just buried a loved one. Maybe someone's dealing with addiction, whatever. At our services, I want, okay, Lord, help me to give just one, one thing that you want me to say that will be a game changer, that will change the geological plates in their lives. You know, Ed, your answer just uh, just spurred about 15,000 questions. I want to, you, you like things that are different. Uh, I don't know if you can get away with playing country songs in church anymore. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You Are played you a U2 me? song. You can. There's a song by Trisha Yearwood. I think it's Trisha Yearwood. Okay. Because um, you mentioned, you know, the manger's made out of wood. Right. This song is, um, uh, he worked with his hands in wood and he died with his hands in wood. Oh, man, I've never heard that. Yeah, it's a country song. If I find it, I'll send it to you. But it, it, it it's... What's the title? Uh, I don't know. Um, I know that it's Trisha Yearwood. Um, I think maybe Skip Ewing may have written it, but I'm not for okay. sure. I'll find it and send it to send you. It to but me. it's an... Um, I mean, you just went from the creation story <laughs> through the birth of Christ, uh, which is Christmas... Yes. To the crucifixion, yeah. to heaven. To heaven, yes. And it, it, But I'm going to hold that question. You yeah. talked about, you know, we celebrate baby Jesus, but he yeah. actually grew up. He did. So I want to, before that, you, you touched on this tension between the simplicity of the story and yes. this desire to do something different. Mm -hmm. How do you reconcile that? It's a simple but profound story, but... you. I mean, you said it's the hardest sermon for pastors yes, it is. because people feel like they already know it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Jesus, we just try to take a page out of his uh, playbook. But if you look at Jesus, Trey, 
He was the master storyteller. Now, his stories obviously have a lot of depth to them, but also they were simplistic. People could understand them. Furthermore, he was creative. I mean, he preached from boat bows and beaches. He drew in the sand. He pointed to a sower. What I try to do as a pastor is I, I try to teach and preach that way. So it's if it's using a song by Trisha Yearwood, if it's using a visual like uh, a Christmas tree on stage, whatever it takes to communicate that story in a memorable way, I do it. And I always ask myself this question after I've prepared. So what? Okay, the Christmas story. Jesus was born in a manger, grew up, died on the cross, rose again. He's in heaven. All right. So what? How does this influence and affect my life? How can that story 2,000 years ago speak to me and change my life in 2022? So what? So what? So what? And if I can answer that question before any Christmas message, I'm like, okay, okay, we're uh, we're uh, ready to go. But those are some things that I'm just thinking through. So I'm all about using, not again, not at all watering down or changing the message, but utilizing and leveraging creativity to communicate the unchanging message of Jesus. Because the first thing we know about God is he was creative. In the beginning, God did what? He created. So everyone's a creative genius. And I think the church should be the leader in innovation. Well, so how, how do we how do we say this in a memorable way? And we use a lot of in our services. There'll be there'll be a lot of tradition, candle lighting, and songs that we all know. But also, too, there's going to be a a surprise factor, something different. All of a sudden, you're you're going one way, and boom, it could it can change it to into another. So, I think that's that's important. Because if you, again, look at the life of Jesus and look at the story, there, there's so much creativity. It's so memorable. It's so unique. Because, hey, if we had needed a doctor, he would have sent a physician. If we would needed an artist, he would have sent, you know, a painter or an actor or an actress. Our greatest need, we needed a savior. We needed someone to take care of our sin situation. I think, too, Trey... Here I'm talking too much, but that's what I do. In in today's culture, everything everything has been sped up so quickly. Things have have changed so much, as we all know, in our world today. And a lot of people at surprisingly young ages have explored and experienced things that back in our day people wouldn't even know about until they were you know fifty or sixty. So there's a real hunger. I see for the gospel of Jesus. There's there's a real interest. There's just that out there. And what people don't realize is God is looking for them more than they're looking for God. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother subject, you know. Because we we are, and I'll and I'll and I'll talk about this too. Okay, when I when I talk about, let's say, for example, Christmas, I might mention the first Christmas tree in the Garden of Eden, you know, the the, the tree like in the middle of the garden. So having said that, people are like, well, 
okay, why would God, why would God make man, and why, why would man even choose to rebel against God? Well, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man are two rivers that only meet in the mind of God. So love get, is, is about freedom, and, and we have a freedom of choice, a free will. So I talk, I'll talk a lot about that, you know, whenever I preach about, about the message of Jesus, the Christmas story, because it demands a response. I mean, Jesus didn't leave us in a lurch. He didn't say, well, yeah, I, 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 I was a good teacher, or I was just this sage of the age. No, no, no. He said, I am the son of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's, that's heavy. That's, that's a point of tension. That's very, very, very difficult. So you have this outrageous, contagious love, but then also God has given us the ability to make choices. So we're not robots. And I try to communicate that because we have so many people that come to our church. People give God a look during the Christmas season when normally they wouldn't darken the doors of a church. So that's what we're thinking about, Trey, because our world, we need heart transformation. I mean, I'm all for legislation and education, but I'm telling you, heart transformation is where it's at, is the real deal, holy field. We're going to take a quick break. More of my interview with Pastor Ed Young next. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The last time I was with your brother, he made reference to something. I think he called it Creaster. Yeah, uh, the Creasters. People who go to church on Christmas and Easter. Oh, we'll be packed with creasers, or I call them the poinsettia and lily crowd. And here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll go up and go, hey, man, it's great to have the creasters. I know I hadn't seen you guys since Easter, but welcome <laughs> back to Fellowship Church. Oh, people, like, die laughing. But, you, right. know, you know, Trey, people, too, go to church more sporadically today than ever, which is another challenge. That's a whole other subject. All right, I I, I want to. That leads perfectly into my next question because <laughs> because you didn't have the option of uh, going to church sporadically growing no. up. Your your father not yeah. just was but is is yes. present tense. Yes, is uh, maybe tied for you in terms of energy. Maybe oh, oh yes, way more uh, on another planet when it comes to charisma. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe George Clooney. I don't know. But oh, gosh. He, uh, That's funny. So you grew up not just with a father who's been a minister, uh, grew up with one of the kindest, sweetest mothers in your mom, Joe Beth. Yes. So what was Christmas like for you as the, as the son of a pastor that, I mean, did, did Santa Claus come? Did, did, I mean, did you have any time to open gifts, any of that? Yes. Dad did a, a great job of not treating us like pastor's kids. 
He treated us like normal guys. Back then, though, Trey, this is kind of funny. The Christmas Eve services, they weren't as big in a way as they are now. But having said that, obviously, Dad was very busy during that time. Yet we had great Christmases, fantastic Christmases. I never thought, wow, the church is getting in the way of Christmas or whatever. No, we had all of that. And looking back on my life, too, I'm serious. I mean, I mean, I am so so thrilled that church attendance was not an option <laughs> when we lived uh, uh, under under the roof. Now, Dad was cool, though. He wasn't like you have to be up there every time. I mean, I was involved in sports, and so was Ben and Cliff and all that. But as far as, like, Sundays, yeah, we were <laughs> in the game. Youth group, we were in the game. And and I would, I would encourage parents, and I know this is not – it's not easy in today's culture, but just commit to saying, okay, we are going to be a part of a local church. Because think about this, Trey. The only place, I'm going to argue this now. I want you to think about this. The only place that underscores and highlights the transcendent values taught by the Lord, that place, the only one out there, in my opinion, that really does it is the church. Now, obviously, the family should, but I'm talking about the church. Generally speaking, it's a good lawyer phrase, isn't it? Generally speaking. <laughs> so generally speaking, our educational system doesn't do it. Generally speaking, arts and entertainment, they don't highlight those transcendent values. Sports, you know, business, whatever. Okay. We know that. That's why we have standing in the middle of all of this chaos. We have the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's the body of Christ. So I would tell everybody that, you know, is going to, to listen to this or, or, or watch this, hey, go to a great church. There's no perfect churches. People go, man, the church is full of hypocrites. That'd be like me going, well, I'm not going to the gym anymore because 90% of the people only going to work out like once a week or, or, or they have, you know, 35% body fat. They're a bunch of hypocrites. No, you see what I'm saying? it's just ludicrous, isn't it? We say that. Does that make sense? I'd be like, uh, you going, yes, uh, I'm not going to play golf because, uh, uh, my, my country club's full of hypocrites. <laughs> I mean, all those guys have like 32, their handicaps, like 32, you know, <laughs> Oh that makes my sense, heavens! It? And I, you know what? I will try to address some of those funny things, just kind of in a funny way, during Christmas to let people know I'm not perfect. I mean, I, I, I try to. It's not a time of me to confess all my sins, but I mean, when I speak, Trey, when I tell stories about my life, I'm not the hero in the story. Many times I will talk about my weakness. Many times I'll talk about my struggle with anger or lust or greed or whatever it is. So people need to understand it's a place of grace. And if you are looking for a perfect church, you're not going to find it, because if you find it, you'll screw it up. That was funny, Trey. <laughs> Did you get it? Yes, I get people it. People are like, I just want to find the perfect church. No hypocrites. Well, I'm a hypocrite. I'm the pastor. Uh, isn't there a verse? You know the Bible <laughs> better than I do, but isn't there a, a, a verse about there is... Uh -huh. No one perfect, no not one. Is that's that it? You is that 
Yes. I couldn't remember if that was from like the, yes. the movie The Equalizer or if that or if that was the Bible. That's from the Bible. Okay. Okay. All right. Here, I wanna I wanna go down memory lane with you Let's for a do it. second. Let's do it. Let's do it. We had this thing in my church where we would uh, adopt someone who was down on their luck and buy Christmas presents for right. them. And I was doing it as a, I think I was in high school or college at the time. Yes. And there was a gift limit, you know, you couldn't spend more than X. And I, I, I get that. I mean, you don't want to, you know, reward, mm-hmm. you know, one child because they happen to get drawn by That's somebody right. willing. So I get that, but I decided to break the gift limit no matter, uh, cause this kid wanted a basketball. So I got him. We went to the church. He was super, super, super excited. Yeah. And he, my last image of him is dribbling that basketball back towards the apartment that he and his mother oh, lived wow. in. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? Yeah. I mean, we had a great night. Yeah. Yeah. This is somebody I want to stay in contact with. Yes. And I never did. And it, it, so it is what we feel and do at Christmas, for some reason, we want to restrict to that time period. That's a great point. And so I guess my question to you is yeah. the the baby grew up. Yes. I mean, he, he, he grew up. It's not just gifts and Christmas music. No, no, no. How do we get that 365 days Ooh. out of the year? You know, those of us in Christ should have that at the at the forefront of our minds. It was like I was reading in the Bible today about having this spirit of thankfulness and gratitude, the spirit of generosity. The reason that we that we want to be generous is because we're made in the image of God, and God is a generous God. So I think every day as a Christian, we should go, man, how can I bless someone? It could be at, let's say, the local restaurant, just, just, just tipping, being a generous tipper. It could be seeing someone and and maybe you feel the holy spirit's leading you to 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 buy them something it it, i i just think that part of being a christian is being generous god has been so so generous with us which we don't even deserve to hold things loosely not to be velcro but to be slick in other words when i receive things i should be slick it should slide off of me to others as opposed to Velcro. It's mine, mine, it's mine, it's mine. So I think Christmas helps all of us get our eyes off of ourselves. I mean, I'm my biggest problem. And to get them on Jesus and on generosity. But I agree with you. Man, we should be generous Christmas. As as a believer, it's Christmas every day. It should be. It should be. That probably wasn't a great answer, but I mean No, no. That's kind of what I what I would what I would say because I have this tendency, we all do, to to hold things, to hoard things, as opposed to being like, maybe the word is Teflon. Teflon, not Velcro. How about that? Does that I make thought, sense? I thought you Velcro was great. Stuff. No, no. The Teflon is it slides off of you. Yeah. I received this amount of money. I received, I have this gift. I want to let it slide to others as opposed to Velcro. Yeah. That, that was it. I mean, what I heard you saying is, okay, we have a day to celebrate the birth of Christ. We uh-huh. have a day set aside to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. How about the other 363 days yes, we sir. celebrate the life and teachings of Christ, which yes. should get you being generous all yes, year round? Yes, sir. Yes, it should be. I mean, that 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 should be, you know, Christians, um, we should have this 
outrageous, contagious joy. I don't mean fake joy, but joy is deeper than happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. It comes from the Latin word hap. But joy is that tranquility of the soul. And we can have joy even in the midst of pain. And, you know, as you know, you know, Lisa and I uh, lost our daughter suddenly about um, almost two years ago, about a little bit over a year and a half ago. And it's been a difficult faith struggle for us, Trey. And Christmas is definitely a trigger of just, I mean, raw emotion. But I'm here to tell you, God is good when things are good and when things are bad. And God has has really given Lisa and I, not that we don't doubt, not that we don't get angry at God, et cetera, but he's given us overall a joy in the midst of this. And that's probably why I will talk more, and I talk more about heaven, and I'll talk more about heaven even on uh, during all of our Christmas services because it's it's more real to me than ever before because I was, you know, with Lee Beth when she moved on from this life to the next. So, yeah, heaven is 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 definitely real. And I, I'm gonna talk about the Christmas trees. I said earlier the Christmas tree in heaven, which is the tree by the throne of the Lamb, and somehow in heaven, as I said, we're nourished from this. I, no one knows. But I just think about Lee Beth and all that. So I know many, many, many other people and people listening are dealing with uh, some some dark times, some death, depression, financial difficulty. And and I'm, I'm, I'll just tell anybody, Jesus can be your hope, your anchor uh, during during the during those rogue wind situations, because the harder it blows, the deeper the anchor goes. You know, Ed, that was going to be my last question to you yes, was the holidays are a reminder of oh, yeah. who is who's around the tree, Great. who's around the table, yes, and who is not. And for those who question whether or not their minister can relate to what they're going through in life, mm-hmm. uh, here's a minister that, uh, at least for me, yeah. Uh, with his bride and the rest of his family right. live mm-hmm. through the most painful experience you can mm-hmm. possibly have. Mm-hmm. And, and so finding joy, the intentionality yes. of joy, even yes. while you are always aware mm-hmm. of the absence, I get, how do you do it? I mean, you touched on it, but it's, uh, Shockingly, the holidays are a really, really happy time for people and yeah. they're a really, really sad time for people. I know. And, you know, Trey, I didn't really understand that. I mean, I knew it in theory until we walked through this. And that's such a that's such a great point. I don't think you should run from grief. I don't think anyone should should run from sadness. And and I don't say this to sound trite or flippant, but it's 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 really about having that eternal perspective which is a struggle for all of us, but to keep our eyes on Jesus. And, and because he, he, and I I don't even, I can't explain how he does it, but he just gives us this uh, peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding. And it takes Lisa and I every day, (laughs) every day to do that. Sometimes, you know, numerous times during the day, just to, to breathe a quick microwave player, Prayer, not player, prayer, a microwave 
prayer and say, you know, Lord, I don't understand this. I'm angry. I cannot believe Lee Beth's not here. And then, you know, but wow, God, I trust you. I trust you in this moment. Sometimes it's second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. So uh, that's how Lisa and I, if you, without the Lord, I'd, we would be divorced. I'd be, I'd be in the ha-ha house somewhere. I'm serious. Without Jesus going through this, no doubt. So I would just, again, challenge everyone to, to come to that decision where they receive what Jesus did for them on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he will forgive you and renew you and reboot you and change your life. And you can have this relationship with him. And even through death, turmoil, being downtrodden, all, all of that, whatever life throws at you, he will give you the strength to come through it. That's what and, I would say. And I would encourage uh, everyone, even in the midst of their own joy and their own happiness mm -hmm. and their own excitement, to, to remember that the days that bring the most happiness to yes. many of us are the most painful Yes, reminders. Yep, yep, for others, yep. they are. And they, that's so true. That that, that 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 doesn't mean to tone down your laughter. It doesn't mean. No. Uh, it, it just means to be aware of other people's needs. All and right. here's right. I think it might infuse your laughter. I think it might give more horsepower to your joy. How about that? Yeah, I think you're right. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Galley podcast. All right, I want to ask you about something that's going to sap your joy. And that is if you were doing a gift exchange within your family. Oh, gosh. All right. So you can do a gift exchange okay. with your dad, your brother yes. Ben, or your brother Cliff. Who do you want to draw your name? Because you know if you if Ben draws your name, all you're going to get is whatever latest book it's, he's written. Exactly. That you and I don't understand. Yes. No, no. So, so who do you want to draw your name that's going to get you what you really want and will observe no price limit at all? That's going to be Cliff Young, the youngest. <laughs> Mr. Caveman's Call, Mr. Movie Producer, Mr. Tell yeah, you know, you know Cliff has a new Cliff has a new thing that's coming out I think on Amazon, Trey, called uh it opens up uh, Super Bowl week, Faith, Family and Football. It's kind of a reality thing. It's going to be awesome. I've always said he's the most talented of the young okay, of the young, no of the young brothers. But no, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff is like he has imagination. He has vision. He's not worried about the cost. Don't let money get in the way of your creativity. How about that? <laughs> That's a good Christmas lesson. Don't let your finances get in the way of dreaming. That's true. Especially if you draw either of our two names. Yes, especially if you <laughs> draw Trey Gowdy's name or Little Ed Young's name. That's it, brother. Uh, Little Ed Young. If people want to, you know, mm -hmm. they they live in they live in California, South Dakota, South Carolina. If they say, you know what, mm -hmm. I've never really heard a minister talk like that i'd i'd like to i'd like to follow him more i i can't drive to his church yeah but where can people find you if they want to they want to check you out yeah they can go to edyoung.com or they can follow me on facebook instagram just type my name in or they can go to fellowship.com we have all of our services all of our christmas services will be live you can or you can watch them anytime. You can watch any message 
any service we've ever done anytime you want to. We have a really strong social media and technology department, Trey. Well, there's That's an excitement at your church. There is an excitement there. Thank you, Trey. I, 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 I was at a rock concert the last oh, you time. Listen. Trey, Trey brought the house down. They're still talking about, they call him Brother Trey Gowdy. He he was like preaching it, man. And he looked good, too. His suit was on point. <laughs> Everything, Trey, you were hitting on all cylinders that day. Oh, uh, well, uh, that, uh, that doesn't happen very often. How did you get edyoung.com? Because I can think of one other guy that might have wanted that domain. Dad doesn't know anything about social media or okay. technology. No, Trey. What's going to happen when he when he goes to buy edyoung.com and finds out it's already <laughs> gone? You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I ought to tell him I have it. He has no idea. I'm going to tell him that, Trey. Oh, maybe you don't. Uh, my recommendation as your lawyer would be maybe don't. And then if he asks you about it, deny it. That would That's be my hilarious. Ed Young Jr., not to be confused with edyoung.com, at least until his father finds out who owns that domain site. I Trey, cannot... you're hilarious, Trey. And Trey, I know you're going to come back to Fellowship Church very soon. I'm going to text you right now and you can give me the dates. I would love that. Uh, we love you and we Lisa love you. And your family. Yeah, you and, guys are phenomenal. And, and thank you for who you are and what you do, Trey. You're amazing. All right, brother. God bless you and Merry Christmas. I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for spending another Tuesday with Trey. Please subscribe, rate, or review this podcast on Apple Podcast or at foxnewspodcast.com. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. You've been listening to the Trey Gowdy Podcast on the Fox News Podcast Network. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.